the Brothers in Kayfabe. For over two seasons, the revolutionary force in brotherly kayfabe entertainment. And now, Pro Wrestling and Being a Good Brother present the Brothers in Kayfabe. Okay, hey, what's up, everybody? This is Professor Rasslin, Mr. Rasslin, Laney Bumgarner. What is up? Jake's not with me today. That's because it is one of our alternate weeks. So if you're new to the show or if you've been around for a while, you know what the deal is. But just in case you're new, one of the things we like to do is it's really hard to do a full in-person episode or, or to get interviews every single week, just where the the level of podcast we're at right now is full transparency. We want to be real. Um, and so what that leads us to do is really since season two, we've been doing this. And now that we're in season three, we're continuing um, the format is every other week we are going to, we have alternate shows. Uh that being said, sometimes they look a little different, but they're either going to look at one or two things more often than not, and that is either a deep dive that I will do on some kind of particular aspect of professional wrestling or professional wrestling fandom, or Gigante Jake Keel will do a Confessions of a Wrestling Tape Trader, which we've got some of those coming down. Um in the next couple of weeks, we have had a little bit of a different schedule because we got to hang out and chat with the boss, Jerry Bostic, uh, Mark Maggard a couple of weeks ago. Um, and this past week, the spooktacular um, episode with Roger of the Collecting Raj podcast and YouTube channel. Um, so we've been out of our uh, normal format for a little bit. So historically, once again, just full transparency, historically, our other weeks, I guess you could say these it are, I like to call, I think at the beginning of season two, I called them our subcast or our sub podcast, something like that. Um, but historically, numbers not so great on that. And so this is, please, please, please give us feedback um, because we want to do everything right with this podcast, we want to do everything we can to uh, just put something out there that's worth listening to. We don't want to waste your time because an hour to an hour and a half, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, even 10 minutes, five minutes is part of your day that you're giving up to something. Time just doesn't exist without us doing something. If you're like, well, I'm not doing anything today. Well, you're still doing something, whether you are sitting or laying down, stuff like that. So we want to always put out a quality product for you the listener so please 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 be be brutally honest with us are you into these kind of subcasts sub podcasts uh where we do a deep dive or we do a kind of a, a watch along or jake's interpretations and thoughts on specific things that physical media is watching or if you don't dig that Tell us why and tell us what you would rather see. Would you rather us do a, you know, every week is an interview with someone or every week is Gigante and I um, just shooting it? Uh, just, le just let us know, please, either in our Facebook group, tag us, just, just let us know because we truly, truly do want to just put out something that is worth listening to. Um. I'm doing everything I can to get better um, with my audio production skills. I'm trying to do a better job of making sure that our equipment is up to par, um, that the post-production side of that is is done well, that we're removing things that don't need to be in there. Like if there's, you know, background noise or if we're doing it over Zoom, doing everything I can to make the the audio that transfers over the Internet to sound a lot better. And it's a, it's a process. Um, I think I've said it before. I've, I do work, um, for Hannibal and I've 
kind of, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, um, but I'm going to, uh, this isn't like a brag or anything. This is just to let you guys know, um, how, how serious I take what I do is I've been doing, um, a little bit of editing on the side for Colt Cabana's podcasts. Um, and with that, um, that, that's not to toot my own horn or anything, but th- those are people who have established audiences. Those are people with established products and more importantly, established standards. And so it's my job to, you know, meet the expectations that are are set in that regard and do everything I can to transfer what I'm learning from those processes to implement into the Brothers in KFA podcast. So all of that being said, thank you so much, so, so much. If you're listening to this, truly, truly, Jake and I, we do this out of a labor of love. We do this because we care about you all. This is a a fun and creative outlet for us to share our takes on modern wrestling, on old wrestling, to talk about the things we really like. Uh, Real talk. I think... I think most wrestling fans are into nostalgia. I think that's a given. I, well, I actually I took the back. I think most humans are into nostalgia, whether they realize it or not. If you're like me, and that's being somebody who is always trying to replicate like the best moments of your life so far, and it's like, well, the reason I'm always watching wrestling from the era I grew up. Uh, becoming a wrestling fan is is because I miss that. I miss the excitement of getting into wrestling for the fan time. I mean, with with video games, with movies, um, with stuff I collect, like with conversations I have with people, it's more about the past um, than it is the present. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or not, um, but but that's how Lando rolls, ladies and gentlemen. And so I think everybody to some degree likes that even it, like the old people who was like man we had the best cars the best music the best soda fountains and the best everything everything was cheaper back then today's people are just too sissified and couldn't even handle a horrible racist tv show over back They're like whatever it is like we're all nostalgic to some degree um so yeah Nostalgia is awesome. That's part of what the brothers in kayfabe are all about. And the reason we're doing that is because I I think there's always going to be a market there. Nostalgia is evergreen. It obviously it evolves a little bit because people are born at different times in different places. And so you need to grow with that and realize that you know, what you grew up watching may not be what someone else grew up watching. And that's totally okay. There's a natural gap there, but there's also a natural bridging of the gap that could take place. And so, yeah, uh, I don't know why I'm really talking about all this. Um, but today, um, on the podcast, we are going to dive into, um, yes, I am stalling. And that's because Today on the podcast, we're going to dive into arguably, easily, not even debatable. Um, so forget I said arguably. We're going to talk about the nerdiest thing um, that we've ever talked about here on the Brothers in Kayfabe. And so Mr. Aslan is going to bear his soul with you guys because I I think it could be good content. And I think that you guys are worth telling the truth to and you girls. We don't want to exclude anybody, um, but historically, there are more male wrestling fans. Uh, that's that's the key demo everyone marks out for is 18 to 40 or 18 to 49 or something like that. Um, but wrestling is for everybody. It should be at least. And so all that being said, I'm going to I'm going to bear my soul and share something very, very nerdy. Um <laughs> If, if you could see my, my face right now, you would know the truth. Um, <clears throat> something really, really nerdy that I used to be really into um, early on into my wrestling fandom. So I would say I'm probably my generation is probably the first generation to grow up with easy access to the Internet. 
Um, that being said, everyone's situation was different uh, for my generation. But uh, I, I was born in 1995. And so the internet was already around, but still, still very limited. Um, I always joke, I had dial up until like 2009-ish, maybe. Because um, like my parents weren't on the internet much. I, my brother was, if I recall correctly, my brother, he's 10 years older than me, paid for internet that was separate from our regular internet. Um because he he was into computer games and um, all things tech related. But that being said, it's just a common man trying to make his way through the pro wrestling universe. I discovered something called E Federations, and so um, if you don't know what an E Federation or an E Fed is. For short, that's what we're going to talk about today because it's something super nerdy. Um, but it was a great time for me as a wrestling fan. It was a fun time. Brother, I got worked and I got worked hard. And I'm going to get into that. Um, so just so if you're not aware, so an E-Fed or an E-Federation is a fantasy wrestling league or promotion in e-wrestling, e-wrestling, electronic wrestling in a nutshell, online wrestling. Um, is operated electronically and is based on professional wrestling. So the earliest instances we can really see of mainstream, I don't even know if mainstream is the right word, but um, really, really the earliest we see EFEDs take off in the, I guess, kind of the routine structure that they would be, would be in 1995 with a small group of people and four EFEDs um, that email-based feds, if you will. Um, and so they would use role-play aspects to shape events in the way it turns out in the real business. Um, so let's kind of fast forward to modern day. These federations are mostly ran through the use of message boards or forums where everything is conveyed via text um, with images and sometimes videos. Um, it's very, very like basic coding. So you can change the colors of your fonts. You can chain, you know, you can code in a video, um, like just basic HTML stuff, images, those kind of things. Um, borrowed from other entities, of course. Um, so it's kind of like an underground thing. And there's been some instances where, like WWE, um, and I'm sure even WCW to some degree would crack down on this because you're using the IP, the intellectual property of stuff that you do not own. Um, and so little little Professor Rasslin landed. Um, I want to say I was in the fifth or sixth grade, and I I honestly do not remember how I encountered. Um, e-fedding, but I ran into a website. It was called WWE 25 Games. Uh, at least I think that's what it was. It was a classic, like, kind of early uh, pro boards, like Angel Fire setup, where it was a black background with, like, green text in, uh, like, green, um, like, complementary colors. Is that the right way to say it? Like, green accents. But anyway, get on this website and there's all these promos like typed up and there's all these match cards and there's some real wrestlers involved and there's some made up wrestlers. And my mind was blown because brother, brother, I thought that those were the real wrestlers who were involved. Like it blew my mind that I was on a message board with Triple H and um, with Chris Benoit and with Kurt Angle and The Rock and The Undertaker, like talking to him. Like, this is mind blowing that, you know, some punk kid who's just getting into wrestling has now used the power of the internet to find a way to talk to these actual wrestlers. And like, I'm seeing all these promos. And this is at the time I <laughs> was too lazy or too stupid. I'll let you decide to realize that. I could easily watch wrestling. Like we had cable. All I had to do was look at the TV guide or literally ask anybody what day wrestling came on and watch it. But I didn't know that. 
And so I, you know, how am I supposed to know that the promos that aren't being typed up on these websites aren't the promos being said on TV unless I, you know, just happen to watch the show live? Because at this point, I wasn't watching super consistently. I'd watch SmackDown a lot whenever I'd go to my buddy's houses. Um, but it's just mind-blowing that I'm getting to encounter with these wrestlers and then all of a sudden, I want to say I I started noticing some inconsistencies. Uh, maybe I it was something with the created wrestlers that threw me off. But somehow or another, I got a a friend involved with e-fetting because, you know, I'm not going to take the deep dive plunge by myself. Get a buddy involved with this. And all of a sudden, it's like... I maybe these aren't the real wrestlers anymore. And just, I remember like feeling so ashamed that I like hook line and sinker. I had been worked that hard. Like, honestly, it's man, like it, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's weird to think about now, but like, that's how, that's how deep I'm in. And going back to nostalgia, I wish I could, it was easy for me to suspend my disbelief that much again and so basically let's talk about efeds as a whole again so it was and it sounds so cringy to say um it was basically online role-playing like not creepy role-playing i'm sure those things are out there if that's you know if you're a big gold dust fan or a big joey ryan or effie fan um i'm sure those things are out there for you but you know is a well quite frankly, is an innocent young man. It was, um, you would either choose a wrestler that existed that no one else has picked, or you would create your own wrestler um, and essentially just role-play being them and um, like kind of, I, I guess, booking and planning, maybe not necessarily booking the matches, but you had the creative um, inputs to, hey, you're supposed to, fight this person next week, you know, go out there and talk about um, why you believe you're going to win. And sometimes they would judge the winners, either the people booking, a.k.a. the general managers, um, or the owners of the E-Fed would either have a specific storyline direction they were going to go, so they were booking it for that, or they'd just be like, okay, like whoever has the best promo is probably going to win. Um. So th this is how deep some of the creation goes is there were people who, for instance, if I was going to create a character called um, Professor Lando, then I could take a picture of someone who looks professorly, someone who looks astute, and be like, okay, this is the visual representation of what my character will look like. Um, there are people who would use, uh, is his name Pete Wentz? Um, like the front guy for fallout boy, or I'm pretty sure it's fallout boy. Um, and, or like someone used Eminem one time, like using that as the visual representation, but giving them a name. Um, I, was blown away by the the depth of detail in some of these things. So on this particular EFED that I first joined, WWE 25 games, the first thing they did is you would create an account and one of the moderators would message you and kind of give you a rundown of like, hey, this is how things go. Like, here are the rules. Like, be a good human being. If you are going to participate, then here are the rules for that. Um, just restrictions, expectations, those kind of things. And one, one of the first things to have you do is create, well, I guess not create, but fill out a contract. And uh, <laughs> like I'm, I'm cracking up um, just thinking about this, that it, it would have a contract and you'd fill out um, and this is where if you were smart, Mark, you could get away with some really, ooh, like detailed stuff. Like if you were portraying a wrestler that existed. So 
let's say I want to be brother, brother Hogan. Um, then you have your working name, your ring name, or you like your working, working name slash ring name. And then it's like, well, what's your real name? Well, brother, it's Terry Balea. Like ha- that level of detail. And then you would, you know, put in your stats, like I'm this tall, like I weigh this much. And then the interesting thing is you would have like, you do like your entrance music. Um, if there's any, like, you know, if you come out with anything like, a, okay, I always carry a, a cane to the ring or I always carry, you know, a lead pipe or something like that. You could put that in there. Um, but one of the fun things was move sets. You would actually type in your move set, like, you know, what are some routine moves that you normally use? Um, you know, special things like, okay, this is my signature move. This is my comeback. And then here's my finisher back when finishers meant something. Um, and so that way there were a couple of different ways they would. Uh, so I told you there's a couple of ways they would determine results, but there's also a couple of ways that they would execute those results. Some people um, with the free time in the mind would actually just hand type results like they would they would book the match and the ending in their mind and then type out you know play by play for all of that but then there were also a couple of programs i'm actually excuse me so this is being recorded live i'm going to look it up there was a program um oh here we go Yes. Okay. I was right. So it's called Zeus Pro, like Zeus from the WWF and um, No Holds Barred. So this thing called Zeus Pro that you would plug in basic information. Um, You would create a character. So let's say I'm going to create The Undertaker. Okay. Where is he from? which is theme song is very similar to the contract, but you would create these profiles for all these wrestlers. And by doing this, all this information would be in there. And someone had created this program to create results. So you plug in the wrestlers, you plug in um, the name of the show and you plug in the match type and boom, you would have, you know, I would say like a good three to five minute rundown of results. If that it was probably shorter than that, um, but it'd be like, you know, this is okay. Here's match number three of, you know, WrestleMania. Um, this match is for the intercontinental title and it's a steel cage match. Howard Finkel announces so-and-so. So-and-so makes their way to the ring as this song plays through the PA system. Commentary bits here and there. You know, opponent comes out. The match starts with a lockup. Undertaker immediately starts running the ropes. Like, just stuff like that. Um, and there were ways you could you could go in, obviously, and modify any of the text. Um, so some people... Um, so there was a time I actually was a mod for some of those websites. And so, uh, if it was a match that I wanted a specific winner of, I would often just simulate the results. And if there was a really easy way just to flip flop the names, uh, at the final result of like how the match ended, I would do that. Um, but otherwise, I'd sit there and just keep redoing them and redoing them to that specific person one because I wanted the finish to translate as organic, not to be like, okay, Undertaker hit four tombstones and, you know, five last rides on Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns gets the pin one, two, three. It's like, wait, like, it didn't even say he did any moves. He just, the Undertaker hit his finisher and then Roman pinned him. Um, so you wanted it to be believable. There's also the freedom to change because it was made during the attitude era. Okay. So there, I want to say there's a little bit of a built-in roster, but it was very late nineties heavy. 
Um, and so there were some match types I personally wanted that didn't exist in the database. And so like things like the Elimination Chamber or TNA's Ultimate X match, or even like stretcher matches or ambulance matches. These are things I wanted that weren't in there. Um, and so those were a lot more tricky to, to navigate, but man, what, what a time it was. Um, it, it was very fun to tap into that creativity. Obviously video games have kind of done that modern WWE games with universe mode, past ones with general manager mode. Um, it was just really fun to tap into that level of detail if you were willing to or if you were interested in it. Um, just that that was available instead of, man, okay, I'm just going to sit around and just think about wrestling. It's like, but man, like, what if we could have the fantasy feud of Sting versus The Undertaker during the Monday Night Wars? What would that look like and how would that play out? It, it was just fun. I th I genuinely think um, doing EFEDs helped me stretch my creativity um, and kind of paved the way for my creative um, outputs and expressions now. But I, I genuinely, I think it made me a better writer. Maybe not grammar-wise, but it's like, um, I, I always joke, and if anyone from an Alma Mater is listening or anything, sorry, but it's like anytime I had to do papers in college and even like high school, and like I would write them all. Most of them I would write the morning of because it was just so easy to to dump that. I think I've shared it on the pod before that uh, one of my final papers I had to do in high school. It said the prompt was, you know write about a moment of courage that inspired you. And so me being a good mark, I wrote about um, ECW One Night Stand 2006, Cena versus RVD, um, and specifically the moment of John Cena can, being in the ring for the contract signing and all the ECW originals show up and just beat the snot out of him. And it was like, okay, like, I don't need any, like, I don't need any time to, like, work on a rough draft or anything or to have peer review. Like, I got this nailed down. And I think a lot of that comes from EFED writing. You know, you give me the ball metaphorically and I will run with it because I can harness my imagination and my creativity like that. Um I, I hope that doesn't sound like uh, bragging or or anything like that. So I'm going to play, I think I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to play some snippets of audio um, of some EFED um, experiences and some EFED takes real quick. So here are those. <laughs> Officer Throne, you think the PWA needs justice? That we need law and order. We've been doing just fine in the PWA without you, without law and order and justice. You haven't got the IWPD here to back you up just as much as I haven't got the black and blue crew backing me up. It's just you and me. And you want to talk about how I've won three championships and I must have lost as many times as I've won. <laughs> I don't call it losing, son. I call it experience. You see, I have the experience to know what it takes to get to the top. I have the experience to know what it takes to beat the best in the business. And you, son, you don't have it. Maybe one day, but right now, you don't have it. You want to go around here super kicking everybody? Is that what you think you're going to do? <laughs> you're nothing more than a greenhorn and you have a lot to learn around here in the PWA. You need more experience and this week I'm going to give you all the experience that you need. You want to come out here saying that you're going to try underhanded tactics? Things behind the ref's back? Is that how you deal? Is that how your career is going to go? That you can't get the win legitimately that you have to use foul play as a wrestler to get a win son little boy you're a pathetic excuse for a wrestler and this week I'm going to keep my eye 
very closely on you inside that ring. And if you try anything, I mean anything at all, underhanded, I'm going to make you pay. Do you understand me, officer, throne? I will make you pay real good. Once I pick you up and drop you with a kill switch, your lights are out. And when you can't even breathe from the fact that I've smashed you on the mat, I'm going to pick you up and finish you off with the Australian Destroyer. <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of fun in this ring. I'm going to have a lot of fun in Manchester. Putting down a little fat piggy and make him squeal. <laughs> See you in the ring, bitch. <laughs> okay, so it was a lot harder to find the audio that I was hoping to get. Um, there's a really good YouTube channel. I'm going to plug it. Um, some of you may have seen some of his stuff before. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Wang Uncut. There you go. He's got a backyard wrestling slash EFED video. Um, that's his, I guess, the secondary channel. His his main one is Wang exclamation point. And it's all, uh, he's got a series called Angel Fire Adventures, which is essentially going through the Angel Fire era of the internet. And he talks about like South Park wrestling avatars. And he talks about wrestling EFEDs. Um, so I would absolutely, absolutely recommend um, checking those out. I know the channel titles are a little weird, but I promise you're not going to pop up on any list or anything like that. So that promo, I mean, what more could you want from a, and I mean this in the nicest way, a Bush League wrestling promo. You've got the like the tough guy pauses and the tough guy laughs. Um, in insulting your opponent that way, I've always wondered, you know, is the laugh, is that a crutch to help with, man, I, I, I don't know where I'm going to go after this sentence. So I'm going to pause and laugh, give my brain just a little bit longer to think of what to say. I don't know. Uh, but we see that a lot, especially in the independence, you get the generic, I want you to come and give me your best. Let's both work hard and give it our all. I'm going to climb to the top. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to be the best, but it's very, a lot of the ways that's conveyed usually are very overplayed and generic and annoying. You know, there's the cliche of, I want you to bring your A game and give me everything you can. And then we're going to shake hands after the match and hug. And it's just like, I mean, if that applies to the specific story, awesome. But I think more often than not, it's just a creative clutch or crutch, I guess, people use. And it's it's not to say it, it can't work, because absolutely it can. You mean to tell me um, you have Shawn Michaels versus AJ Styles, and they're not going to push, okay, I this is to determine... Who is the best in-ring athlete of all time? Absolutely 100% use that. But man, don't give me... I've been saying Undertaker a lot. Don't give me like Triple H versus John Cena and say like, oh, you know what? We both respect each other. The better man's going to win on Sunday. It's like, no, like, no, no, no. Personalities, gimmicks need to transcend that. And for e-fetting... It's interesting. You had all the creative freedom in the world and how many people would still <laughs> still do promos like that and still rely on those things. I'll, I'll, let me give you an example of how I tapped into creativity. This is probably the last time I did e-fetting. Maybe 2010-ish? 2011. It had to have been 2009, 2010. And I... I can't remember what ha I probably had destroyed my computer with LimeWire. Shout out to those of you who know what LimeWire is. If you don't, keep it that way and protect your computer. Um, but I'd probably destroyed my computer trying to download WWE theme songs through LimeWire. And 
I knew like, hey, it's going to be a long time before I have my computer back and there's no way my parents are going to let me use their computer just to sit there and type for hours. And so I am a horrible, horrible person. Man. Like this is scumbag carny level of low. And I fully accept it. I... (laughs) Um, cause obviously I lied about my age to get on there. Not that like you must be 18 years old to enter. It was like, you know, no one's gonna, no one's gonna take a 12 year old or 13 year old seriously, um, in the ring brother. And so I created, or I, I lied, said I was older and used the story that my girlfriend had been in a very, very serious had been in a very serious car accident um, and was basically in ICU, was in critical condition. I have no idea when or if I'll I'll next be able to get on in, in EFED. And keep in mind, this is just because I destroyed my computer trying to download wrestling theme songs. And everyone bought it hook, line, and sinker. And so, I don't know, maybe a month, couple of weeks go by, get my computer back. It is fixed. I get back on to see the outpouring of love and warm feelings of people offering up their prayers or their vibes or their thoughts because of a really horrible situation I created. And I, I realized how, <laughs> how dark and what a horrible thing this was. I like, I fully own up to this. And I, it was like, wow. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get back. I had been portraying Kurt Angle and I was like, okay, I I think I'm gonna be able to get back into this. So I'm gonna go ahead and do this. And somebody commented and asked, like, hey, what what what's the update? What ended up happening? And in my, you know, my adolescent mind, I was like, crap, I can't keep this lie going. So I got I gotta end it real quick. So I can tell the truth or do something worse. And so I chose to do something worse. And so I said, oh, yeah, she she passed away. Um, But it's time to move on. Um, Life goes on. Instantly, everybody feels completely awful, feels horrible for me. Um, Like the amount of sympathy I got for lying and saying my girlfriend was a car wreck was quadrupled, if not, you know, tenfold multiplied feeling bad because my girlfriend had now died. Um, yeah, I think you guys know where this is going. I dug a hole too deep. And so the only thing I could do is like, man, I gotta, I have one last attempt to try and shift this. So people quit asking me. So I flat out, uh, I went and cut a pro- <laughs> cut a promo with Kurt Angle, and I at, at the top of the post, I said, "Okay, full disclosure, this is, um, this is me using Kurt Angle to address um, recent events in my life, and this will kind of be the last time I I, I want to touch on this because um, this is my outlet to move forward. Once again, horrible person, horrible thing." So, in the storyline, because I believe at this time, Kurt and Karen were still together. And so, Kurt Angle addresses that he has been gone um, from TV for the last several, several weeks because Karen Angle was in a car accident. And unfortunately, Karen Angle had passed away. And I, me being the creative genius I am, I was like, I can't just, I, I can't just stop here. I gotta, I gotta keep going with this. And so, I created the idea of, because I was super into the original Punisher War Journal comics. And so I was like, okay, here we go. Kurt Angle has experienced a horrible death, and so now, what's the natural thing to do? Kurt Angle to get revenge. 
to be permanently scarred from these things and it completely changed who he was. So I came up with, literally, I went by the Punisher, Kurt Angle, and imagine like the wrestling machine, like the 2006, like early TNA, just like monster Kurt Angle and just amplify that. Um, It would be... uh, I can't even remember how we worked it out, but basically all of my promos would end in like, I like was just desperately wanting to fight people. If I was scheduled to compete in a match, I would, I, I, I think I would message the booker and be like, Hey, if, you know, if Kurt's going to win, if Kurt's going over, can we make the finish go like this to establish that, that dominance and that violence? Um, cause Kurt Angle's a different man now. He's lost his wife. He's the only thing he knows is pain and how to relay that <laughs> to others. And so us creating the character, the Punisher Kurt Angle. And it was like, this sounds horrible because of what caused all this. It was the best work I had done as an E-Fed wrestler, like was winning matches all the time, like got pushed straight to the top, won the, um, like the mid card title and then immediately won the world title and held them all for a super long time. And I like, they kept having me do interview spots of like, you know, how, you know, as Kurt, but also allegedly as a person in real life who had lost a loved one um, to a car accident, being put in a position to where they would do like sit down like JR interviews and be like, so tell me, how is it like moving on, you know, without this person in your life? What has it been like? What What is the process like taking bad and using it for good? And using it as motivation to excel and to succeed. And it was great. Like people were eating out of the palm of my hand. And then I I can't remember for sure because I'm pretty sure that I blocked, like I I accessed my memory, deleted everything related to this event. Like in in my mind, it was like, okay, I'm going to erase my brain and never remember any of these events. But I'm pretty sure that something similar happened to where either with just stuff I was involved in with real life, um, with school and with sports and stuff, I wasn't going to be able to e-fed anymore. I basically, I relinquished the titles and I was like, man, like I need to, I need to go out like, not just on my shield, but like I need to go out with like everybody's heads on a platter um, to show that Kurt Angle, as this this gimmick of the Punisher, will never ever ever be forgotten. And so, what do I do? I type the most evil promo of my life and talk about all the hard work, all the heartbreak, all the triumph, all these things, and how it's a bittersweet moment in the career of Kurt Angle because on one hand it is sad that I have to relinquish this title and retire from in-ring competition but the sweet part is that I've been lying to every single one of you and I reveal that uh, in that moment it was like Kurt drops the mic his music plays and he he smiles as he walks back up the ramp. His fans are confused. And so below that, I said, okay, I lied about the car wreck. It never happened. Um, sue me. Do whatever you want. I lied about it. You guys bought it. Not my fault. Not my problem. And within minutes, my account was banned. I no no longer, and rightfully so, had access to that website um, because I had done a horrible, horrible thing. Um, so that's just a wild example of the creativity because um, I thought it was cool like putting Kurt Angle in a role like that. It's a shame that 
I lied and created a horrible, horrible situation to kind of launch that character. Um, but you know, are you in the business to make friends? Or are you in the business to make money? Cause you can't do both and succeed to the highest level. You just can't, you want to, you want to make it to the top. You got to choose you either make it to the top successfully and make money or you make it to the top of the friendship charts and you make life-changing friendships. You can't have both. Uh, that's the way I see it. I, I don't think that's necessarily right. I think with the American dream, not Dusty, but the American dream, this idea of working hard and get what you want. I don't think, I don't want to say, I don't think you can be a good person and do it, but I think you've got to be rough at at times and that's not saying you have to be a total scumbag but i think you're going to be put in situations where you have to pick and choose do you take the high road or the low road and you know there's a saying no one makes it to the top without stepping on people and that, that that's true you go in if you're working in at any kind of company any kind of career and you and someone who's also working there are competing for a promotion it's probably not if career wise, it's not the best move to be like, Oh, Hey, like they're doing a good job. Like I completely get it. If you choose them. Cause somebody is probably going to be like, well, here's why I'm better than them. Or here's why I'm more reliable than them. It's just the nature of the beast in the United States. Like I said, I'm not saying it's the right thing. I'm just saying that's the American way. So all this to say that the, the world of e-fetting is just crazy. I encourage you guys, you can look up screenshots. Like I said, if you follow or if you go to Wang's YouTube channel, W-H-A-N-G exclamation point, he's got that, um, that angel fire video about e-fetting. It's super insightful. Um, there's really great visual examples of what some of those websites look like. And some of those things, I remember one year, I, this was one year I was running my own and it was Super Bowl weekend. And so instead of doing like the traditional, Hey, we're going to do, you know, the pay-per-view between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, I said, we're going to do a, a, you know, a Super Bowl themed pay-per-view. And I had a cleats on a pole match. Um, that if you won, you got to put on the cleats and kick your opponent. And then I had an end zone stretcher match, which is like, how on earth is WWE as campy as they can be? How have they never thought of that? Now with AEW and, you know, you, you can't watch AEW without being indoctrinated into being a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, like how have they not when they do the stadium stampede? How has there not been an end zone stretcher match where you put your opponent on the stretcher and you wheel them into the end zone to win? I don't know. I think it's money waiting to be printed. That's just my take. Um, so I'm very, very curious to all of you who listen to the brothers in kayfabe and are willing to give us your time. Did any of you ever get into e-fetting? If you did, please, 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 I'll start something in the Facebook group, but please comment on that. Get involved with us because like, like I said at the top of the show, we do this because we want to produce quality content for you. So if you're one of our listeners, please, 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 please give us feedback because we want to do what's best for everybody. We want to create a show that's acceptable to everybody, but also like it's enjoyable to everybody. We don't want it just to appeal to, oh, this show only uh, applies to New Japan fans or the show only applies to WWE fans or AEW fans or what or old school fans. We want it to apply to anybody who does like wrestling or ever has liked wrestling. Like this should be the show that if you grew up watching world class, this is the show be like, hey, you'll like this. This is a nostalgia trip. This is a show for if you had kids in elementary school that they only watch SmackDown because that's the channel they got. Boom. Hey, you remember The Undertaker? You remember Rey Mysterio? 
check out this podcast. If you're inside the business, I think this is a fun podcast to talk about, you know, why you made that leap into the business. Let's talk about that. As always, well, I guess we don't always say it, but as always, please leave us a like wherever you listen. Please subscribe if you're not, because you get this every single week, every single Tuesday. Technically, it comes out late, late, late Monday night. So if you're up, you can listen to it early, but it comes out every single week. We do everything we can to make sure there aren't any gap weeks. And we'll be back next week with a regular episode with Jake and I. But please let us know if there's anything you want us to change. If you've made it this far in the episode, I, Professor Rasslin, am so grateful for you that you would give us this much of your ear space. We get it. An hour's a long time to give your time to something. So we appreciate it and we don't take it lightly if you're willing to listen to us, whether you've got us on while you're driving, whether you're at the gym, whether you're at work and you're just listening to it. We're grateful for it. Absolutely grateful for it. So for the brothers in wrestling, kayfabe, world life, for the brothers in the shoot life, for the brothers and the sisters, in kayfabe. This has been Mr. Rasslin. I miss you guys. I love you guys. Let's see where we go next week. That is everything for the show. Patreon, it's five bucks. Facebook, it's free. YouTube, it's free. We love you guys. See you next week. <laughs>